Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, thanks for listening to the show. Join your hosts, Bill Alstead and Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk Seahawks football. We've got uh, all sorts of things to talk about today. Uh, the mock scrimmage, uh, some injuries, uh, some comings and goings of, uh, on the roster, as well as uh, get you updated on, uh, on today's a few things from today's practice as well. I am Bill Alfstead. And Keith is joining me. Welcome in, Keith. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm uh, fresh off the beach and um, sitting down in the recording chair. So let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I'm here and Keith is uh, still at the beach and maybe halfway through the show, he might join us here. <laughs> so uh, training Men- camp. Mentally, I'm st- I'll be at the beach the entire time, but yeah. physically I'm I'm back. So. <laughs> So uh, I just want to catch you up on on everything, including up to the minute uh, stuff. Just posted, uh, Corbin Smith reported that uh, Reek Wollen has passed his physical and has returned to practice for the Seahawks uh, this afternoon, uh, Sunday, as we record. That's great news. It'll be very, very interesting to me what happens now on the outside corner spots. You've got Trey Brown and Michael Jackson that have been holding down the fort while Wollen has been out now that Wollen's back. Does Mike Jackson go and revert over to the other side? Does Trey Brown stay there? And Jackson kind of works in on both sides. Um, it'll be very curious to see how they treat that as time goes on this week and in the first preseason game, which is uh, uh, coming up very quickly on Thursday evening. So, yeah, um, a lot of decisions to make. Um, you know, I mean, like there, there's not the usual cutdowns, but at some point you got to get guys prepped for a season and get guys working together and. Um, the defensive secondary, there's a lot of communication that has to happen in this defense because of the, w- the way they do their zones. 
So they really want to get the guys working together as a unit in practice and in everything before um, it becomes a, you know, they get on the field. So uh, my guess is there's going to be some decisions made here uh, in the near future as to where guys are going to play, at least at the beginning of the season. You know, in addition, Artie Burns had arguably the best uh, defensive back outing uh, at the mock scrimmage as well. Uh, yep. with three three pass defense and, and and so forth and and everyone is saying that he's he's just been looking really sharp in camp including Pete Carroll. Um so there's a lot of competition there Tariq Woolen, Witherspoon, Jackson Brown, Kobe Bryant's coming in on uh, uh to play um in nickel and dime coverages um between being a corner in the in the slot and also being a free safety as well. I just find that really interesting Quandre Diggs Adams Julian Love Adams isn't back yet. Haven't heard much from Drake Reed, uh, uh, Jarek Reed yet, our draft pick out of the uh, sixth round in the draft. Uh, but I'm sure he'll work in as well. So just a, a plethora of choices there. Um, Seahawks just announced that they've waived MJ Anderson um, at, uh, at defensive end, and they re-signed Roderick Perry, the defensive tackle. And he was at practice today as well. Uh, Tariq Woolen was at practice um, as well. As, I, I think I mentioned that, but just want to make sure. All right. That's what's going on today. Uh, let's talk about D. Eskridge for a minute, Keith. Um, here's, here's, the, here's the situation. The NFL suspends Seahawks receiver D. Eskridge following a domestic violence arrest this last winter. Um, by the, by that, and then the 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 pleading of the guilty uh, plea and, and working that out in court has then violated the league's personal conduct policy, and he was um, arrested for a misdemeanor assault. I understand it's a misdemeanor four, which is the lowest possible assault charge that you can have um, and still be charged. Uh, he's uh, apparently agreed to go through a diversion program for twelve months. Once he completes that that uh charge goes away and um so and by all accounts what a what a domestic violence uh misdemeanor four would be for is it could be just as simple as you know i don't want to speculate too much but it could be just as simple as uh, grabbing a risk or or uh, you know whatever i mean it's it it is it is a uh uh, human touch against a domestic partner that is um, not condoned or asked for or whatever. So yeah, true. But we also don't know what happened, and oftentimes uh, prosecutors will agree to a lesser charge just to get the case finished and off their their desk. So it might also, have been something more serious than that. Also, I you know. The opposite could be true. Prosecutors are very well known for wanting to have a some sort of deal or plea um, at any level to uh, basically get this thing on the books and make sure that the victims are taken care of and so forth um, in case something in the future happens. Um, so it's, you know, it's complicated. Again, we're not here to speculate, just here to report that. Um, so what that means for the Seahawks is He's going to miss the first six games of the regular season. That's going to take you all the way to the game where the Seahawks bring out their vintage uniforms in October. 
and just kind of wanted to to see where, where you're at on this. It's it's the worst case scenario for Eskridge, although I understand the team's kind of sticking with him. Uh, I don't believe that he's going to be cut because of this. Um, what's this do to his standing with the team in the wide receiver room? Well, you're right. They won't cut him because basically he like is inactive. He doesn't eat up a roster spot and they don't have to pay him for those six weeks. Um, he's just there. And if somebody gets hurt while he's gone, then they can bring him off the uh, inactive list and he's ready to ready to go. So <clears throat> I don't think he'll get cut by it, but what it's going to do is it's going to do the same thing. It's done every, you know, the other years in his career where he wasn't here, wasn't, integrated into the offense didn't really have a role didn't really um have a way to contribute and then was just you know another body on the back end of the roster and he can't afford to do that this was his year he needed to actually you know show that his like he deserves a roster spot um and this is just going to you know completely derail that i think this could be the this could really start to signal the end of his career with Seattle. Yeah. He's a very talented guy. I, I would imagine he'll have another opportunity. Uh, and yeah. So anyway, I'm just going to leave it there because we could keep going on this domestic violence thing and, and um, it's hard to, to speculate and I don't want to. So uh, we'll just, we'll just leave it there. Um, teams addressed it. The Eskridge is the uh, spokespersons and attorneys have addressed it. It's it's in the legal system now, and uh, it sounds like he's on on the right track in that respect. Uh, and then he'll be available after week six with the Seahawks, and we'll just see how that goes. Um, and that's essentially what Pete said. We'll just see how this goes. He's got to he's got to do the deal, and then we'll see. Yep. Um, unfortunately, uh, other news for a wide receiver, um, Seahawks wide receiver Derek Young is being evaluated for a possible sports hernia. That's Pete's words. Um, and yeah. we don't know any information as of Sunday afternoon uh, how those tests have turned out, whether he's going to need treatment or if he's going to need surgery. Uh, surgery in that respect at this stage of preseason is uh, is almost a, a lost season. Um, that could be eight to ten week recovery on that, and that's without being able to run or cut or anything so. He wouldn't come back into shape until probably towards the end of the season. Yeah, that would that's a big loss. It really is, especially because you know you're looking at the wide receiver room and thinking, "Wow, this 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 room had gone from being a two man room to being fairly deep." But then now you lose um, the guys that should have been your fourth and fifth um, wide receivers. Um, you got your top yeah. three, and then there's a gap, and yeah. yeah, all that depth is now you know going to be pushed yeah you know pete said right now we don't have a, a decisive plan whether he needs any work right now we're just going to rest him and see if he can bounce back so that's going to be the first order of business is trying to uh, diagnose this thing for sure know what it is if they can treat it if he can uh rest it and and come back and he's you know he misses the first two or three weeks um that's the best case scenario for him it, it seems at this point it Maybe it's 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 less than that, and he comes back sooner. But boy, that's a tough tough deal for Seattle. Obviously, that then creates a, a bunch of opportunity for the 
cast of, of wide receivers behind those guys, including Matt Landers, Kate Johnson, Cody Thompson, uh, Bobo, Jake, Jake Bobo. Bobo. Yeah, and understand that Jake Bobo is uh, rising above everyone else out of that group to be uh, a, a guy that uh, I think you're going to hear a lot more about considering those two receivers we just talked about are, are going to have some time um, led off the, the roster. Led the, um, you know, everybody in receptions um, in the mock game. And a lot of those were contested catches. Locke throwing in, into, you know, really tiny windows and um, Bobo going up and getting the ball and kind of impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to talk more about that specifically here in just a little bit. I just wanted to work through these things really quick because I wanted to catch everybody up. Um, corner Andrew Whitaker uh, suffered a seizing and ending injury uh, in the mock game. He's out. Uh, mm -hmm. He was an undrafted rookie free agent, um, defensive back, kind of a tall, fast, quick guy, and um, probably unlikely to make the roster, but maybe a practice squad candidate. He's now on uh, injured reserve. Um, running back. Kenny McIntosh in the um, mock scrimmage game injured his knee in the third quarter, uh, sprained his knee, quote unquote, and uh, don't know uh, if that sprain is a, is a big tear, a small little tear that he can kind of spend uh, a week or two, um, you know, rehabbing and resting and then come back. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah, but we got better news from the testing. from the running back room as. Um, Zach Charbonnet has been cleared and he's back yes. yeah. and um, Ken Walker apparently is getting closer to being back as well. So it looks like they're going to have on Ken Walker, but yeah, it looks like they're going to have their two um, top backs, you know, back here ready for the season. So um, yeah. that's good. And news. Charbonnet is Charbonnet is back practicing today. They yep. just held him out of the, um, uh, the, the, the mock scrimmage out of precautions. Um, well, yeah, you know, they had a couple practice. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Daryl Taylor ended up injured uh, prior to the mock game, did not play in the mock game. He has a sling uh, on his arm and it's a sprained shoulder. Um, and Pete said that it will not require surgery. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of resting him. So it must be something fairly minor. We'll take a look and, and see how that goes. I mentioned earlier, uh, Seahawks are bringing back Roderick Perry. Uh, defensive tackle he was cut earlier in the week and um and and he's back all right let's talk about the the mock scrimmage a little bit um the the basic format was the uh, the number one offense went against the number two defense and the number two offense squared off against the number one defense and then they kind of traded back and forth eventually they had some twos against twos threes against threes and, and so forth in this game. But the first team offense and the first team defense both looked good. Geno Smith looked ready to go and, and the run defense uh, looked, um, looked, looked good. You know, we've, we've potentially got three new starters there with Dre Jones, Jerron Reed, of course, uh, coming back. And then Mario Edwards uh, looks like he's going to get a starting nod. Uh, out yeah. Of this thing. <clears throat> I mean, the front was the worst part of the, um, the defense last year. So it, shouldn't be too much as of a surprise that um all all three um starters have been replaced and um they've gone and got guys that they think are better fit schematically for what they want to do um i don't like part of it like i'm i'm 
I want to see more because going against that second team um, offense meant they were going against some guys that on the offensive line that won't make the roster. And um, yeah, we, I didn't want to see what, how they do against a, um, a better offensive line than a gr- group of um, second and third string guys. Yeah. Well, I think they'll make the roster, but they, they, they may not play. Um, they may not suit up on Sundays. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, the second team was Anthony Bradford, our, our most recent draft pick. He's going to be there. Olu Otimi is going to be there, obviously. Stone Forsythe, uh, Jake Curhan on the other side. Um, so, I, you know, those are not primo, primo starters, but, you know, we're expecting good things out of those guys. And, and But our first team defense is actually, you know, looking pretty good. Um got some some good push uh Jaron reed and nwasu and, and the boy amafe apparently had one of the mm-hmm. best standout performances for the defense um and, and Devin, while, while taylor bush. was out you know i want to mention taylor was out so he didn't scrimmage boy amafe got the start yep um and Devin bush had a good um good scrimmage as well yeah uh, which is important because there's just nothing, you know what I mean? They're, they're, the depth behind Bobby Wagner is so slim. And they're supposed to be a second middle linebacker on the field at all times. So they need a guy like Devin Bush to step up and, and do well. And he looked um, he looked quick. And that's kind of the important part for him is it d- has his quickness, you know, returned. And he looked quick in the scrimmage. Yeah. And the other one is Mario Edwards. So, you know, these are two vets that have come in uh, kind of, uh, Mar- for Mario Edwards, this is like fourth or fifth chance <laughs> with the team. Uh, but Demon Bush, this is his opportunity to break away from the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, system and kind of reset his um, his career. And um, so we'll see how that goes. But I think both team, both players are going to have an impact on the team this year uh, as far as uh, being heavy rotation guys. And you mentioned Devin Bush. I think that is probably even more critical because you're right there really isn't anything there. Now, Vi Jones might come along and uh, eventually take that spot from him. I don't know if it's going to happen week one or week six, but it seems um, it, it, at least he's going to be ready in the wings until Jordan Brooks returns. And then it's going to be the Bobby Wagner Brooks re, uh, kind of show. But, but until then, I think you're going to see a blend of, of different players in that spot. Um, so, you know, DK Metcalf looked good. I think Geno Smith looked great. You know, he looked mm-hmm. ready to go in the, in this mock scrimmage. Um, he got the ball to DK Metcalf a couple times for about 50, 60 yards. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba had a couple of opportunities as well for about 37 yards. Uh, you had mentioned uh, Jake Bobo. Bobo had seven receptions for 77 yards, I believe, something like that. 76 yards, excuse me, and a touchdown. Um, Thompson had four receptions for 54 yards. Medcalf again for 51. D. Eskridge had three receptions for 40 yards. Looked good also in a kick return situation. Um, and, uh, overall it looked okay. Um, conversely on the other side, our running backs didn't look great for the most part. And they were kind of held in check by our defense, which I thought is one area that is being emphasized by this team this year to improve on what they did last year. Um, last year, they defended the, the pass pretty well, but against the run, they were 26th or 27th in the NFL. And you mentioned three new starters this year uh, so far. And um, yeah, the hope is that 
that they're going to have a big impact this year. And, and, you know, right out of the gate, it's okay. Obviously, we, we did never top two runners in this game, and it, it really doesn't matter. Anyway, it's just kind of a, a nice thing for the public to be able to come out and, and see uh, how the team's doing and so forth. But it gives you a little insight as to kind of where we're at, where they plan on playing players and, and in what order now um, through a couple weeks of camp. Yeah, I mean, um, DJ Dallas had uh, that touchdown on that first drive. But you're right. After that, there wasn't much um, for many of the running backs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, without Charbonnet and Walker in there, you're not looking at um, guys that are going to carry a load for any team. So, um, you know, these are back-of-the-roster uh, guys um, fighting for a job. And so... it. it you kind of don't expect them to have the big plays there. Yeah. One thing I wanted to uh, talk about uh, really quick is boy, Amafe though. Um, Pete uh, singled him out as standing out uh, quote unquote, Pete uh, Mafe probably appears to be the most improved guy from last year. Right now he's battling to be one of the featured rushers as well as a featured guy on early downs too. It seems like boy, Mafe has a chance to really, impact the snap count of daryl taylor i think first and foremost mm-hmm. uh, boy mafe is the guy that's uh, defending the run better he he was last year it seems to me that if he's going to improve or take a little leap most improved player so far in camp according to pete carroll um he and then doing the pass rush stuff uh if he can he, he can add that into it um he could he could be a real weapon for us this year i think yeah, I mean, last year they they gave Bruce Irvin um, more snaps than I think anyone uh, other than Irvin would have liked. Um, and they really need Mafe to kind of step up and, and, and take that role and, you know, the early down guy. And he's going to lose some snaps to, ter- to Taylor um, when Taylor's healthy just because he's such a good, gifted pass rusher. Um, but at the same time, right? Uh, you, that also means that if teams are throwing on first or second down. Mafe is going to get a chance to to rush the passer too. So, um, but he's definitely making a play for for a much larger uh, larger yeah. role, getting a lot more snaps this year. Yeah, in the in this uh, game, he had a strip sack against uh, Locke. He had a another oh, it was an sack. accidental strip yeah. sack. He had another not sack to touch that was quarterback. <laughs> that was called back because Abraham Lucas got called for holding on it, but he would have been there because he totally completely beat uh, Lucas to a spot. And then um, Jaron Reed and Draymond Jones also had sacks quote unquote on lock basically got to him. Um, you know, in a normal game, it would have been a sack. Um, but in five drives, Seattle starting, you didn't allow a touchdown, you know, against Drew lock units. So that's, you know, that's pretty good. I'll take it. Yeah, the offense, um, on the other hand, went, um, you know, they scored on their first three possessions. Yeah, um, it was 17 to nothing. Yeah. Yep. With and uh, that was that was nice to see. Just, um, I mean, yeah, they made a couple mistakes and ended up with some field goals. But overall, it was a pretty smooth showing by Geno Smith and company, even without a working running game. And, yeah, and I think that's a testament to the offensive line. You know, they got the ball out quick. They spread the ball out. Gino threw the ball away. Uh, if it wasn't there, didn't try to force anything. You know, again, spread it out. March the march the uh, 
the ball down the field with a couple of big plays. He could add another big play with Metcalf. Metcalf dropped the ball. It was right there. And Gino would have been over 200 yards. Um, so, yeah, it, it's nice and impressive. On the other side, uh, I mentioned Artie Burns earlier. Uh, he's a veteran. Uh, you know, some fans may not even uh, know his name. He was on the roster last year but didn't play. I think he played one or two snaps the entire uh, year because Woolen and Mike Jackson really kind of solidified that those outside corner spots and played the entire year. Uh, but Artie Burns is a veteran, uh, former first-round draft pick. Um, it's kind of on the back end of, of the talent pool at defensive back. You take a look at Woolen and Witherspoon and Jackson and Brown and Bryant, and then you've got Burns. Um, and so he might be on the outside looking in, but with that veteran presence, Pete Carroll mentioned him, uh, has been really solid. Uh, he said he's been the veteran guy showing the other guys how to work and make calls. Very good technician. He's playing very good football. Um, and he said the same things last year, um, which is interesting to me, but you know, the, the younger guys came through for us last year and I don't see it being any different this year. So we'll just have to see how that goes. Yeah. The team showed that they were willing to, um, have him there as a safety valve in terms of injury all year and, and kept him, um, on the roster and then went out and re-signed him. So uh, it overall, like it's, I wouldn't bet against him making the roster. They showed last year that he doesn't have to be a starter to, um, to make it even as a vet. So one of the, uh, the one of the last things I really wanted to talk about was Jake Bobo. You had mentioned, uh, Bobo uh, earlier as a guy that we're going to be talking about <clears throat> more as, as time goes on here. And I totally agree. Uh, rece leading receiver in the scrimmage with seven catches for uh, 76 yards and a 12-yard touchdown from Locke to win the uh, to win the game on the final play, quote-unquote. Um, Smith said Bobo's been doing a great job ever since minicamp and OTAs. He was a guy who was showing up on tape, making plays consistently, a guy who knows his assignment. He's got a lot of confidence, a lot of swag. Everybody around him loves Bobo, and we're happy to see him make those plays because he can really be a good football player. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that... Um... I mean, he went undrafted, but a lot of the reason he went undrafted was because of a really bad combine. Um, the, he just tested really, really poorly, but his tape is actually pretty good. He's a, for a guy his size, he's quick in and out of breaks. Um, he's got great hands, as you saw in the mock game. Um, and it's one of those things where maybe the testing doesn't show where he's truly at. I mean, he's not athletic to a point where he's going to, you know, make, you know, make people forget about DK Metcalf or something like that. But um, he's maybe not as bad as, um, as you know, people have uh, been led to believe from his combine scores. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, his agility and his straight line speed just wasn't there. Uh, but there's a lot more to that than just being fast uh, in the NFL, as as we know. And he's like six, what, six four, six five? He's six he five. 210 10 pounds or whatever big wide receiver big body big red zone target and if he knows how to get open knows how to manipulate his his uh body uh to win those uh contested catch situations and he's got great hands he's definitely got a, a chance and we've been talking about matt landers as a guy uh mm -hmm. that would be athletically 
better for the roster, but that's not necessarily true. That's only true because we're a little biased in, in those super athletic guys that um, have that straight line speed. Uh, but Bobo may very well be the better wide receiver, especially if you take a look at the rest of the mix of wide receivers in the wide receiver room. Um, you want a guy that's kind of a possession uh, guy out of that group. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and with the two guys um, that were you know thought of as the fourth and fifth wide receivers now um, out, right? Yeah, you yeah. need guys to step up and take that role. Uh, and, you know, Bobo's making plays in camp. He made plays in the mock game. Um, he'll get his opportunity to show that he deserves snaps, um, you know, once these preseason games begin. Can you believe we've reached the week that we're having our first preseason game, Keith? I mean, it's just, it's been one of those off seasons where we've just kind of been plugging along, churning through show after show, two or three weeks, uh, two or three times a week bringing as much content as we can. And all of a sudden here we are. Uh, our next episode probably is going to be a preview show for a, for a game. I'm, so I'm excited for that. Like I'm ready for this team to get out there, play against someone else for you. And I'd actually be able to talk um, scheme a little bit and how guys are being used and, and yeah. um, all that kind of stuff. Like I'm ready. It's been a long off season. And, and for us and the broad fan base to actually be able to see these players we've been talking about. You know, a lot of these things, you've watched little video clips here and there for, uh, on Twitter or whatever or on the, the Seahawks site or once in a while you can tune in to Seahawks.com for uh, Training Camp Live. They really don't show a lot. And uh, so, so fans are just kind of excited to kind of see this thing in motion now. See Geno Smith, see uh, and Jigba. Uh, Charbonnet, but looks like he's he's going to be ready for this game. Tariq Woolen's back, Arik Woolen, um, mm-hmm. and, and to see that secondary and, and some of the new guys, Jones and Reed and and uh, Cameron Young on the defensive line, it should be fun. Should be a lot of fun. That's all I've got. And uh, you know, I thought we'd come back, um, you know, early in this week and preview this game. I, I think it's the Minnesota Vikings, if I'm remembering right. I have, don't have that written down, but. Um, that's the first preseason game on Thursday evening. And then uh, we'll come back right after that and, um, and talk about the game and review that and put that show out as well. I think probably on Friday, I think. Yeah. Thursday, um, 7 PM game against the Vikings. Good memory. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's it. That's all we've got for this show. Uh, short and quick. Just wanted to get you all updated on, um, on what's going on as of Sunday afternoon. And, um, and we'll come back at you and preview this game. So you can find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NW Seahawk. The show is Seahawks Playbook Podcast. If you look it up on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button when you do so you get them into your feed every time we release a new show. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.